Hey guys, it's Dave Chang here, host of The Dave Chang Show. You might hear me on with Chris Yang, Noel Cornelio, and a host of other guests. We've been on air for quite some time now, and it's changed over the years. But one of the things we always try to talk about is what's delicious, how to be a better eater. And you might hear me rambling incoherently, contradicting myself every five minutes. We talk about some sports and culture and all kinds of other things, too. I think we're the the most expert opinions you'll ever hear about anything. Check us out if you haven't before on the Ringer Podcast Network. At Walt Disney World Resort, magic is found in spontaneity. The unplanned, the unexpected, an inside joke born in the Haunted Mansion queue, a surprise stitch sighting in Tomorrowland, watching fireworks from your room. These memories aren't made from predetermined plans, but manifested from simply being present and together in the most magical place. Find your moment at Walt Disney World Resort. This episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it you can work out in it. You can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. Welcome to the Ringerverse. This is, of course, the Ringer's Nexus podcast feed for all things fandom. We are filling in for Steve Almajoy, Jonathan Little Spidey Kerma. Hard for Little Spidey these days. His friends don't remember who he is. Uh, <laughs> Jomi, the explainer, a dinner on. You've got questions. He's got answers. Coke Baby Chuck, the 24-karat closer. And old man Van, he of the disappearing hairline. Together we are known as the Midnight Boys. Programming reminders. Um, this Friday, the House of R will be giving you their deep dives into the third episode of Moon Knight. It's a whimsical third episode. Had a lot of whimsy to it. We're going to talk about it. The Midnight Boys are going to be giving you our instant reactions to the entire season of Moon Knight. Now, it's an interesting situation in Midnight Boys right here. We have to be honest. It's like, because I, re- like, I realized that I didn't finish watching all the four episodes and I didn't really get into, because, you know, we <laughs> talked about Screener Gate. It's true. Because a lot of stuff was new in this episode for me. Um, but after, we have, like, a He Who Remains thing. You know, like, at the end of Loki. Hmm. Where there was a part in... Loki, he who remains, says, we have crossed the threshold. Do you guys remember what the threshold was? It's too early. 
It's not early, Charles. I don't know what you're talking about. It's like look, we're on the same time zone. It's like fucking <laughs> noon almost. What, what are you talking about? What was the threshold then? The threshold was the point where he who remains didn't know what was going to happen. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. See what I'm saying, Charles? Are you on cocaine again this morning? Like, wake up. Uh, that cocaina. I mean, I'm, I'm super excited because... This is the blackest the show has ever been. It's looking like an NAACP meeting in here. But that, talking about with all the right here? Yeah, it's looking like, well, I don't know. Like, some things that Jonathan was saying before you guys got here make me wonder about whether or not he would hey, be invited do to this. an NAACP don't, meeting. Don't do this. Damn, Kerm, really? Shit. <laughs> yeah, he was looking at that. He was like, I'm not going to lie. I saw what Mano said. I do the same thing. Oh, don't oh, come do on that. Don't come on now. Girl, we go. Little You're gonna Spidey put him Django in the gulag with Mano oh. and, and Drewski. Little Spidey Django. <laughs> wow. Kerm. Kerm, look, we're into we're into all kinds of weird things. Speaking of that, speaking of being into weird things with ladies, we got an update later on in this podcast, guys. Okay. Because Casanova a dinner on had his date. <laughs> Ooh, Jomi getting it in. We'll save that for the end of the pod. We'll Ooh. save that for the end of the pod. Flavor of Jomi? Come on, Jomi. Who you giving a rose? Like, we're going to keep this. You guys, this podcast is officially the What's Happening it with Jomi podcast. So we're going <laughs> to. <laughs> so what we're going to do is every once in a while, we're going to check back in on what's popping with Jomi. Now, oh, ladies, lady listeners, midnight oh mistresses, midnight mavens, you know <laughs> what I mean? Midnight maidens, all of y'all. Y'all see the guy right there? It is Jomi. Ladies He's, love them some Jomi. Come ladies on. Ladies love them some Jomi. This is going to be a jolly Jomi summer. Woo! Let's do it. <laughs> Woo! JJS. <laughs> We out in these streets. It's springtime right now. Jomi's getting revved up. Right? Christ alive. I can't wait. Y'all have been asking on the TikTok, on the in my in my mentions, how's the date? So, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get, get to that. All right, let's we'll get into it. it. All right, let's do it. On today's show, we're going to be giving you our thoughts on Moon Knight's third episode. Um, we're going to talk about Jomi a little bit later, but let's get into it right now. Uh, of course, we have to give you the spoiler warning because you are here listening to a reaction podcast about something we've, all, we've already seen, but you still need to be warned because you are genteel. Give it to him, Kermy. We're getting ready to talk about Moon Knight. You're listening to a reaction podcast. The spoilers are coming. And of course, to get into this episode and give you the need to know, nobody can do that better than Coke Baby Chuck. He's going to hit you with the Midnight Manifest for episode three. Take it away, Charles. Kerm? Oh, you want to hear the music? For the, my fault, my fault. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Kerm! I have, no, I have it ready, but I hold didn't on. know y'all actually wanted to hear that live. That's on me. That's on me, <laughs> you Kerm! You know what, man? I got you, I got you. You're my man. I'm, Yeah, I'll play it. I'll play it. No, 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 no. Nah, nah, we're playing it. No, you can't play it. I got you. I got you. All right, before I get started, Kermi's definitely like your black cousin who you like, I'm going to get you the job. 
But like, come hey, on, yo. like, don't embarrass me. <laughs> 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 hey, he's just fucking up. Like, come on, girl. I'm trying to get you this job. Do the manifest, like, girl. We got to do the fucking manifest, girl. It's part of the show. He's got All it. All right. The Midnight Manifest for episode three, The Friendly Type, directed by Mohamed Deeb, written by Bo DeMeo, Peter Cameron, and Sabir Pazada. In this episode, Layla gets a fake passport to travel to Egypt to find Mark. The Gold Scarab points Harrow to where Ahmet is buried. Mark is in Cairo and fights a group of Harrow's thugs in search of Ahmet's tomb. But when Mark is unsuccessful, he asks Kanchu, why the hell don't they just ask the gods to stop Harrow? Kanchu performs an eclipse to bring a meeting of the Ennead together. Yatso, the avatar of Hathor, the goddess of music and love, greets Mark. Her and Kanchu go way back. The avatars of the Egyptian gods arrive and threaten Kanchu with imprisonment in stone if he ever messes with the moon like that again. It's revealed that Kanchu was banished by the gods for almost exposing them, but Kanchu claims the gods abandon humanity and he doesn't give a shit. Harrow is brought before the court and wins his argument against Mark and Kanchu. Yatsel tells Mark to search for Senfu's sarcophagus, which has the location of Ahmet's tomb. Mark and Layla reunite, and she takes him to Mogarts, the current owner of the sarcophagus. Mark asks Steven to help him solve the cartilage puzzle in the sarcophagus, which will lead them to Ahmet. Harrow arrives to entice Mar Margar, and the fight ensues with his men, who use El Murma spears against Moon Knight. And for those of you who are wondering, mm. I looked this up, Smith... And the Smithsonian Magazine tells us this is the oldest fencing competition in the history of Egypt. Mm. On the horses, young men of Upper Egypt, especially in the region south, gather annually to showcase their abilities of fencing while riding on horses. Mm. The more you know, Layla and Mark escape, but Layla asks about the lies Harrow says Mark is keeping from her. They go to the desert. Steven solves the puzzle, but to get it to work, Kanju has to move back the night sky 2,000 years so they know exactly where Ahmet is buried. Kanju is imprisoned for this act. And Hara and Harrow gloats and gloats and gloats that his old enemy is now in prison. And that has been your Midnight Manifest for episode three. Charles, thank you, uh, Kerm, for playing the music. We appreciate that. That was so that was very sweet of you to do what we do <laughs> on every podcast. Charles, what are your instant reactions to episode three of Moon Knight? I think this uh this episode had my favorite fight of the entire season so far. I think this is the first time we really, really got to see what Moon Knight was capable of. But I'm starting to get that feeling that I had for most Disney Plus shows where it's you get to the halfway point of the season and you kind of start wondering, you're like, they have a lot more story to tell. How are they going to fit it all within the context of the next three episodes? Um, and I think a pacing issue has always kind of been my biggest pet peeve with these shows is I'm just like, damn, like, uh, when are we going to get to the meat and potatoes of it? And I thought also an interesting artistic decision that they made is that at the end of this episode, Kanchu is imprisoned in stone. So we don't, like, Mark does not have the suit anymore. And I was like, that's a very interesting thing to do in episode three because we haven't gotten that much Moon Knight. So what you're basically telling the audience is you're like, all right, that's all you're going to get for a while now. Mark is going to have to go this alone. And I don't know that is the decision I would make. But what did you think of this this episode? So I liked this episode. I liked it. You know what I mean? I liked the episode. I thought it was good. Um, I This is an episode to where I settle into. So I think we, we go at this uh, in a fundamentally different way. So I start off with a show 
maybe not maybe not fundamentally different. I start off with the show and I'm like, oh, the show's gonna be this, the show's gonna be that. I have expectations like anyone else has expectations of a show. Then at some point I settle into this is what the show is. And once that happens, I start appreciating the show for what it is and not what I thought it was going to be. If it's hmm. good. Now, if it's whack, you know what I mean? Um, if it's whack, then I don't do that. You know what I mean? And there are other times that I've done that and really liked the movie and other people have hated the movie, like that movie, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I love that movie. I don't know why. And, and like everybody else was like, yo, it's terrible. I thought that was kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like I, I had no problems with it. You know, you got Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and all of that shit. The, the fucking picture of Dorian Gray, whatever. And so I'm, I'm into it. So I've settled into kind of what Moon Knight is. The show really isn't about Moon Knight. It's not about the character of Moon Knight as far as seeing him kick ass as a superhero uh, slash vigilante um, as of yet. That's just not what the show is. The show is a trippy psychological journey that combines all of these elements of the MCU that are pretty novel to the audience. And in doing that, you have to fall into it. And I think it's compelling enough to fall into it. This episode gave us some Moon Knight, um, but I would argue that the Moon Knight that we got in this episode wasn't the best part of the episode. It was cool. Oh, I disagree. That, to me, was the best part of the episode. That was when oh. I was like, when I was locked in. I mean, I, I said this in Batman. I think a lot of the listeners got on us for Batman in terms of like, I think that's a, either you love it or you hate it movie. And I said when we were reviewing Batman, I'm just like, there is a part of Batman where if you're not in on the mystery, you're just not going to like that. That's the barrier to entry. If you don't care about the the mystery underpinning all of this, you'd be like, fuck this movie. I think Moon Knight is a little bit similar, where it's like, to your point, to me, it is a very, very mysterious show about like, who is this character? How many personalities does he have? How does he figure out this world? And your mileage on the show is going to vary based on how much you are invested in that central mystery. See, I understand that. I don't know that I, I, I see the parallel and it's a, it's a good point. I don't know that I totally agree because this show has a lot of stuff. Like, first of all, I like Egypty shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've always liked it. I liked Egypty shit. They, they started me on Egypty shit when I was a kid with the Ten Commandments, which wasn't very black, you know, a lot of white people being Egyptian. Um, and no, 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 no Arabs. You know, it's just like a lot of different people, you know, whatever. And so since then, you know, Egypty shit is cool. You know, I fucked with Stargate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all, all of that stuff. And so there is a degree of intrigue. This show has a slight Indiana Jones element to it. A slight, I, it's overt. Like, especially in this episode, it feels very, very much an in homage to like Indiana Jones and those type of movies. I'll be honest with you, those movies are pretty good. Okay, Ooh, we're I, gonna get I, back to back to that, but can I just say really quick before I forget, what? talking about being really into Egypty shit, you know who Conchu is in this episode? Who? Conchu uh, is definitely like the hotep of like the gods. He's wow, like he is. He's like in the middle. He's like we was kings. Yeah, <laughs> like he he's is. trying like no, all the white he gods is. are just like. Nah, you got to chill, can't you? I was By the way, like, I had an issue with that scene. I felt, I'm looking at that scene, I'm like, yo, man. Why the white some, avatars These some white-ass avatars, bro. I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, bro, like, bro, you know, like, 
help me out with that. I'm no, they had a sister. They had they had a dark skin sister on the side, but I'm like, why is they she had a in the middle? Skin, like, yo, wait, they marginalized her in North Africa. <laughs> like, you mean to tell me not even the African gods pick us? Damn. It's, it's rough out it's here. Tough. It's, it's rough. It's tough. Jomi, what the fuck is going on in your, in, in what, Jomi, Jomi, Jomi is African. I like, like. Sub-Saharan African, yes. Sub-Saharan African. So is Kern, by the way. Oh, Kern. Oh, okay. Also Kern, where are you from? Ghana. Oh, Kern, I thought Kern is from, because Kern always, Kern doesn't claim it though. Kern claims Boston. Let me tell my story so y'all don't lie with me. My my dad, he lives in Ghana. My mom is from Tennessee. I grew up in Boston. So it's complicated. But I I say I grew up in the Boston area. That's it. It's mm. not complicated. It's, it's not, not complicated. complicated. <laughs> Jomi, Jomi be around this bitch wearing all kinds of traditional garb. You and see you leave it. this nigga, you leave like Jomi, you leave this nigga Kerm. You like, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, bro. You like one of these, you're the reason why they picked white avatars, bro. Shut the fuck up, man. Like <laughs> 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 be honest with you. You're the reason why they picked them. Um I'm I'm being serious. I'm joking. I, I'm I'm joking, but it was a little weird. Oh, like it, it was like it threw me off a little bit. <laughs> Joey, what did you think of that? It threw me off a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was a little weird. It was a little weird. Now that you mention it, because that dude was real like, and he wasn't like a na- like at least as far as I know, wasn't like a named actor or somebody like that we should keep an eye on in terms of like, oh, we know that guy from this and this. Yeah. It was just a dude. And so you could have picked a brother or a sister to do that. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, you, I Across mean, the, the board. The weird you know? thing about it is like, you know, I used to go to like Catholic like school and shit like that. So when I would go home, my grandparents would have like black Jesus everywhere. Like there'd be black Jesus. When I go to school, like Jesus would be white. Everybody else would be white. And I'm like, hmm, somebody's lying here. And that was the Moon Knight episode for me. I'm like, damn, we can't get a black Jesus. We can't get like representation. I got sent home from religious school for, for, telling, for calling them liars. <laughs> of course like, you, you guys did. Know. Of course I was you like, did. I was like, uh, my father was as ashamed as he's ever been. He's like, how you can sit home from God? <laughs> yeah, boy, what is wrong with you? How did you ever think about yourself, son? How you can sit home from God? Like, yeah, that's crazy. If you Google a picture of Horace, he's like definitely like dark skinned So yeah, it's nuts. It's wild. Um. Um, uh, Jomi, what did you? Th- I'm interested in what you think. What do you think about Charles's take about the show itself? What What are your thoughts on that? I'm with you, Van. I think once you like understand, like, all right, this show isn't exactly about Moon Knight. It's about Steve and and Stephen and Mark trying to like figure their stuff out with you know Kanchu and Layla. Then you're like, okay, man, we we had a good time. You know, like like I said in in the first episode when we're asking like how much Moon Knight do we need to get, I was like, I don't need that much Moon Knight. Like, I'm good for, like, a Moon Knight scene here and a Moon Knight scene there because the story is really about Steven and Mark and how that progresses. And I think there was, like, a big leap in this episode. And I think we'll talk about it later in the episode, but when Mark just is like, hey, Steven, take control. I need you. Like, That's a this. huge moment. That's a big All moment right, for gonna, them. I'm going to need y'all to, like, Kerm, can you play Stop the Cap? We'll give ooh, you five ooh, seconds. Ooh, what are you talking? Five seconds yeah, to set it up. Oh, Kerm. Oh, he was on it this time. Here's my thing. Like, we can't, 
yo, we can't fake the funk. The entire time Spider-Man No Way Home was coming, we was like, if there ain't three Spideys in it, I don't know. It's going to be pretty, it's, totally it's going to be shit. Like, we need three Spideys. We need three Spideys. So every week y'all being like, hey, it's going wait, Moon Knight, but wait, it really wait, wait, isn't about Moon Knight, wait, and that's wait, okay. Like, come wait, on, yo. What an impotent point. That point was like a 75-year-old man with no Viagra. What an impotent point. What? Like, I, like, what, like that, like, are you nuts? You, yeah, you were literally, you, you were literally like, if there's not, if there's not three Spider-Man in this movie, Charles, blah, blah, blah. like, you Charles, can't just be you like, oh, compare- it's called Moon Knight, but there's not Charles, Moon Knight in it, so it's Charles, all right. Wagon, Chuck Wagon, are you going to compare a movie with as much anticipation as Spider-Man No Way Home had? With as much backstory as Spider-Man No Way Home had. Spider-Man had been in like six MCU films. The movie was the culmination, actually, of three-picture arc origin story. We didn't even know that, right? Like, And, and they had three actors, different universes. You're going to compare that to Moon Knight, a character that we're I, what first I'm meeting comparing for the is, first if time? If the show is called Moon Knight, then a base assumption is I'm like, oh, the show's going to be about Moon Knight. You guys been like, it's okay if it's not about Moon it Knight. It is about like, Moon Knight. Mark, Mark and Steven are Moon Knight. Shit, they are I Moon Knight. Te- I couldn't tell. I mm. couldn't tell By the way, how much he's been in this series. You know what I want? I want This is what I want one of the Midnight Riders or the Midnight Mob to do. I want you guys to listen. I want you guys to go through, and you don't have to do this for all the superhero movies. I want you to pick a couple of superhero movies, and I want to see if I can get an average. If someone can provide me... Uh, like I'll I'll big up you on the next podcast if you do this. If you can provide me uh, provide me with an average uh, of screen time that we normally get from a hero in a superhero movie, and then compare it to what we've gotten from Moon Knight. Ooh, that's a nice challenge. That's a nice. Yeah, it's a challenge. nice challenge. Compare it to and see where we're off on this because we don't feel like we're getting as much Moon Knight, uh, and it's bothering Charles. Okay, so Layla Layla comes back. We get uh, the episode starts with Layla making or Layla being helped to make a fake passport, which was very interesting to watch, by the way. They're making a passport right there. I thought that was a cool little scene. Um, with Lagaro, okay? Uh, did your perception of Layla change at all during this scene or by the end of the episode? It seemed like we got a lot more insight into who she is and into her emo- emotional core, I felt for her in this episode. And I see a little something developing. There's something happening. Layla is, Layla is, Layla, we'll talk about this after we get this. There's something happening in this episode, though. Go ahead, Steve. Oh, uh, my, I will say my oh, perception uh, of. Said Steve, go ahead, Charles. <laughs> damn, I know I'm light skinned, but damn, I don't look like Steve. He, you miss him, huh? You kind of miss him. <laughs> but, um, yo. My perception of Layla didn't change because we kind of knew very, very early on that Khonshu was interested in her, which made me think, I'm like, oh, she has skills. She She's trained in a way that, like, if Mark isn't here, she's just as capable, if not more, of a fighter, of a person of the world as Mark is. So this was just kind of confirmation of, like, oh, she's been around, whether it is her ability to, to make these fat, fake passports um, it seems like she's kind of been like a Robin Hood type figure. She's like taking, um, she's taking all of those aunties, all that shit from uh, white people and giving it back to her people and then taking a little shit to the side. I was like, okay, Layla, I see you. All right, down with the white man. I like that shit. Like, I like Layla. She would be an amazing Moon Knight, though. Like an amazing Moon Knight. You like her as Moon Knight. I, I think it's interesting that uh, there are certain lines in shows, and there's a fantastic line in this show later. There's a line in this show later that is um that is on par with 
my favorite line from the MCU television show. Mm. What is love? What is grief if not love? Press of hearing. I know you love that one, Charles. Ooh, this, this, <laughs> this, you're a robot. Um, I think Layla was the star of this episode. Yeah, definitely. I think she grounded it. I think she grounded it. I think we saw how capable she how capable she was in a tense combat situation. Uh, I think she was the emotional grounding in it. I think watching how cold Mark is to her told us more about Mark than almost anything else we've learned about Mark Spector in the show. That is the reason why Mark is so cold and keeps her at a, at a, at a arm's length. It's because he knows that Khonshu is waiting over the shoulder to take her. All right. The contrast between Mark and Steven is that Steven can't help but be a slave to his feelings. It's like Steven doesn't have the control that Mark does. He doesn't really yet understand the stakes and he's been lonely. He's so, thinking with his little moon knight, if we're going to be honest. He's thinking with his seat. You're such a deviant. What? I wish there were Eternals here to police you. You're such a deviant. You're such a deviant. It has, Is he not, not a, thinking with his little moon knight? He's not thinking with his little moon knight. By the way, if I was him, I'd be pissed off at that. You don't call my moon knight little. You don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But But he's thinking, I'd say more with his heart. He's thinking about the fact that he hasn't really had human connection like that. He lives a very tough life as far as that's concerned. So uh, watching, and Layla hasn't had that either. Layla hasn't had that real human connection. She hasn't had that because uh, Spectre is all business and Spectre is also trying to protect her. He's all biz. He's all business. He's trying to protect her and he has not, and they have not been able to get that done. So I watched those little things in this episode uh, watching those little kind of embers burn um, was very compelling to me, especially from, from Layla's character because that helped round her out. Joe, me what you got? Well, <clears throat> I loved it. Like we get to we get to explain that we or we get to hear, you know, her whole her whole deal, and then the relationship we has with the lady who's making the passports. Like obviously they have a past. Mm-hmm. She knew her father, right? Her mom, and, maybe her mother. I don't. I, I don't know. I think it I, might be I, like I an old family friend. Grandmother, aunt figure. I, because I, I, yeah. I felt like it, but I didn't. It was hard, you know? Because, no, because yeah. she said something to the effect of like, I'm surprised that your dad allowed me to teach you all this stuff, which I was like, mm-hmm. that isn't something that like a mom would say to a daughter. It's yeah, more yeah. so like what an aunt sure or grandmother is. would say. Well, yeah, yeah, of course it is. I mean, it's I, not out of the realm of possibility, but I, I, don't, know, I, I don't know if a mom needs permission to teach her daughter something. Yeah. That's not, see, I don't, I look, in my home, my mom gave me my first joint. <laughs> okay. I was, I was 15. My mom was like, smoke on some of this. Oh, damn. Okay. Shit. Your mom's cool as hell. Yeah. 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 We were talking about, we were talking about Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm. And um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. My mother was, my mother had, so real quick, uh, my mother had taken my Bone Thugs Art of War CD. And I'm like, yo, I, I want my fucking music back. You know what I mean? And she's like, they're talking about smoking weed on this a lot. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, do you smoke weed? I was like, no. Stop stop deflecting. Give me my CD back. Like, you've been having my shit for too long. And she, uh, she then said, do you want to try it? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and so I smoked with her. And my dad was pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did your dad not smoke weed? 
Uh, he didn't want anybody. No, he did. But like, <laughs> he, was, he was very, he was pissed off. So I'm saying, in that situation, that's a situation that I think my mom, my dad would have appreciated my mom getting his permission before she introduced me to Elarifa. Uh, a strong black woman don't need permission from no man. All right then. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Viore. I love sports. I know you do too. I also know that lots of you exercise, but if you're like me and my wife, the the beloved sports gal, you're sick and tired of ugly, uncomfortable workout gear, especially, you know, I do a lot of walking. I walk around LA, I make calls, I listen to podcasts. Here are two words that will change everything. Viore clothing, a line of activewear that is unbelievable. The best thing about Viore is you can lounge around in it, you can work out in it, you can go outside, you can go shopping down in your local wherever, and you never feel like you're either underdressed or overdressed. You're just comfortable. You can wear it when you're training, traveling, lounging around the house. Go get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet. Here's the deal. Our listeners get 20% off their first purchase at viori.com slash Simmons. Once again, V-U-O-R-I.com slash Simmons. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Um, all right, rooftop fight scene, street chase. Mark is fully in control, which he mostly is in this episode. Steven is in the backseat. What did this episode do for our persona, for our uh our estimation of Steven? You don't you get Steven as like an annoying gnat, like in, in this episode, trying to get control of Mark until we realize at the end of the episode that there's specific specific areas of expertise that we need Steven for. We need them. The dynamic changed a little bit. Yo, I, I thought that this episode just has more forward momentum when Mark is in the seat because Mark is so capable. I think this is where this is where Oscar Isaac is in his bag when he's like the super capable, semi-charming person where he can just smolder on screen where it's like, Steven, he's, he's helped. Helpless. He needs Layla's help a lot. He's flailing around with this. Marcus is just like, all right, you're about to get shit done. But this was in in the first episode. I was complaining. I'm just like, how did who asked out this very very attractive woman? Um, doesn't she know that this is this was not not the same man? And we get a a little hint that there's a third personality potentially uh, a Jack. Oh, the, we don't get a hint. I feel like it's directly stated that it wasn't Mark directly states that I didn't do this and Steven saying I didn't do this and so there's no hint I feel like this episode was the debut of the third personality I mean we don't see I don't know if we see them on screen but it definitely seems like this person Mark and Mark and Steven have a similar if not identical moral compass and in this episode the third personality seems 
willing to cross it where it's like he'll kill a kid. He doesn't give a fuck. He'll kill. You feel like people. Mark and Steven have an identical moral compass? No, I said they similar but not identical. Sim- I oh, think, similar but not identical. My but bad. I think Mark and Steven, like Mark will go farther than Steven, but you notice that Mark is just like, I'm not going to kill a kid. Like this, that's, he, instead of punching the kid, he slaps him. So you realize then he does have a line that he doesn't want to cross where it's like the third personality seems like he has no line. He's going to kill whoever Stabbing he people. needs to. Stabbing Stabbed people, people, whatever, you know? Stabbed somebody. Blood everywhere. A lot of blood. Blood. MCU blood. We could do a whole podcast on it. Blood in the MCU. Blood in the MCU. I think we could. You know why? Thanos' head gets chopped off. Not as much blood as there should have been. A little blood spatter. Should have been more I blood. I mean, D- Disney Plus just got in trouble for uh, editing out uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh blood scene where yeah. people got really pissed They're like oh you guys are you guys are messing with shit i was actually i thought the fight scene was very very funny because it was like the pg version of a fight scene where i'm just mm. like there's knives out here like where's it <laughs> they should be gushing blood out of shit come on mm. um so because we're jumping that that chase scene was interesting from the uh it's funny to me that Steven takes control and all of a sudden he's on his way to the airport. He's like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. He's like, I'm not fucking around with this. He's like, and then he leaves. The, uh, Mark stiffs the guy, doesn't pay him. Uh, what did you What did you guys feel about that as an action set piece, as a uh, psychological story point to push the action forward? Because um, that was kind of the meat of the middle towards the beginning of the episode. Jomi, <laughs> What did you learn from the rooftop fight and the street chase? What did you? What, what do you think they wanted us to learn? And what did you learn? Well, we learned that you know, the we learned that Mark isn't like as like like Charles said isn't as ruthless as we thought he was. He slapped the hell out of that kid. He he like smack. was ready to punch him and was like ah he's little he's like sixteen smack. And I thought it was interesting to see the reverse of the Stephen Mark uh, switch. Right, right. Usually we see, you know, Steven spazzing and then turning to Steven again and be like, what? There's a gun in my hand. And now we see the opposite where Mark was ready to fight those dudes. He, you know, wakes up and he's in a cab ready to leave. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so to see the, the flip side of that was really important. But like you said, like the meat and potatoes of that part was just like seeing Mark with the bloody knife and two dead guys around him. Like, I didn't do this. And Steven's like, I didn't do this. Mm. So we're looking. I I mean, I don't think there's any question we're looking at Jake, Lock, Jack, Jake Lockley Jake, there. Jake Lockley stepped in right there. Right there. Wait, yeah, so <clears> my question, honest. too, is yeah. have they presented a story reason yet why Mark doesn't use the suit in a in a situation like that? Well, Mark doesn't need to use the suit. Mark is like a, you know, a specialist. He's a, a mercenary. He's been trained to fight. You know, I'm not going to say his whole life, but you know, from pretty, like, from his teenage years, basically. And, like, that's what he does. So, like, you don't need to be Moon Knight when you're fighting, like, strangers. I mean, if I got the Moon Knight suit, I'm using that shit. So, I guess the question would be, I I guess to Charles's point, the question is, have the stakes been properly set for when the Moon Knight suit is needed? Because I'll be honest with you, um, and this is going to go back to something else I wanted to talk about. A lot of times in shows when heroes have... um, an alter ego or especially like a, a face covering costume, you see them fight out of their costume at some point. 
You know what I mean? You see them fight as their alter ego at some point. We didn't see much Batman in the Nolan run fighting as Bruce Wayne once he got the Batman suit. Normally, if he was getting busy, it was as Batman. Anytime there was situation, so it is an interesting situation if I'm comparing him to Batman to know when when he feels like he needs to conjure the suit and when he feels like he can just do it on his own. And I want the last thing I'll say about that. It is an interesting point because there's something I call the Matrix threshold. And I'll tell you what this is real quick. The matrix threshold is how much we should expect a Hollywood actor to be able to be believable in fight scenes. They knew that the, the Kung Fu in the matrix was an incredibly important part of the story. So what they did was put those motherfuckers in boot camp to where by the time it was time for them to execute the martial arts on the screen, Carrie Ann Moss, Keanu Reeves, and Lawrence Fishburne could all do martial arts. They all had distinct and individual styles. They all had different ways of selling it, and that made The Matrix and took it to the next level. It is a precarious situation when you have somebody like a Oscar Isaacs fighting who is not a practitioner of martial arts, it can look a little corny sometimes. And I'll be honest with you, in the fight scene where he's not in the suit, I don't feel like it was very believable. And I know that Oscar Isaac, Oscar Isaac, he trained hard for it. I saw, I saw him doing it, but that's not what he does. And you, and, and, and I wonder in a situation like that, if, you're going to have him, and I know he wanted, he was he was actually trying to get information, which is one reason why he might have not turned into Moon Knight right there, because he's, you know, he, he needs to, like, interrogate people, and I don't you know. So, uh, but it wasn't, Oscar Isaacs is not a martial artist. So you, you wonder how close to that do, do you get, like, how much do you want to see him fighting if it's not going to be awesome looking at him fight? I mean, the thing I think that you brought up that thematically that we're missing is you take Spider-Man. Sometimes you you wonder, like, all right, when when will he use his power? Was when will he won't? One of the best things that happens in his comic books and in movies is the web fluid is expensive. So when he runs out of money, he can't be swinging around the city because he can't afford to make enough web fluid. There, there's a threshold thematically of like, oh, this teaches you something about the character. Mm. There's a lot of superheroes where it's just like, oh, they can only use this power for a set amount of time and then it's going to disappear. When I was watching this fight, I'm just like, is there a threshold, an energy threshold, a magic threshold of there's only so much he can use the Moon Knight suit? And to your point, when I was watching the fight, I was like, mm, like some of the fight scenes when it's just Oscar Isaac's fighting don't look as good as when he's in the suit, which like does a weird thing with your brain because you're like, technically it's supposed to be the same person in the suit, but it doesn't look like, it. you know mm. what I mean? Mm. Uh, Joe me shaking his head. I mean, I, I really, I don't, I mean, I, well, I agree with Van and say like Oscar Isaac, you know, he, you know, he's doing his best, but it's not like, he's not out there looking like, you know, professional MMA fighter. I don't think, it like ruins it at all. I don't think like it's not distracting to you. It's not distracting. Like and for the suit conversation, like you know, it's during the day. You know, I think for the most part, he only uses it when at night. He's at night. Yeah, when the moon's out, and <laughs> and when like he's fighting people who like understand like the the you know the mystical 
you know, moon stuff. Not I mean, just people not on the street. Concha does, Concha does do a whole eclipse, ass eclipse in the that middle is, of the day. That is like, weird. So, like, here's the but thing. Concha doesn't give a know. fuck. He's just like, I'll fuck up the whole sky. Mr. Yeah, that's that's like, that's Concha, you know, Mark. Like, Concha is some of the suit. Yeah, but like that. I mean, that's like what there are differences, right? Right. Mark is, you know, a little more like a little more subtle than Conchu mm-hmm. is. So it'd be, you know, kind of weird during the day to just be a dude in all white, you know, moon costume in Egypt, right? Just going rooftop, rooftop. That draws a little, little more attention than what Mark oh, would no, want. You I think. Oh my black ass, like shit. Like, Does, like, I, question I, and, and question. We're gonna sound like the dunce caps of nerddom. In the, in comic book lore, does Moon Knight ever fight during the day? I mean, part of part of yeah. his it, does he has he ever yeah. fought? Does he fight? Yeah. I'm asking. I don't he know. He fights when he fights whenever. Like yeah, Moon Knight, Moon Knight don't give a shit. Moon Knight don't give a yeah. fuck. You like that motherfucker? You like Moon Knight? You love him in the comics? Yeah, uh-huh. like he don't give a fuck. He's gonna fight. He's not Batman. So, <laughs> uh, we go back to we talked about this. We go to the pyramid. It's the pyramid of Giza, which is a fucking fantastic. I love that that we went in there. The, everything that was going on with Khonshu to me was so mystical and interesting. Charles, I'm, 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 you weren't like swept up into the lore of this when Khonshu uh, blots out the sun. When uh, when when Khonshu, excuse me, when Khonshu turns at night when. When the, the the avatars pull Conchu into the pyramids of Giza and it's all sitting around, that shit wasn't like super hyper cool to you. I mean, I think the concept is is very cool. When they were talking about they're going to meet all the gods, I was like, all right, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool. And then my mind immediately went to, I'm just like, oh shit, we're going to actually get to see the gods. Like the gods are going to be standing behind their avatars in the same way that Conchu does. And when I didn't see that, I was just like, oh, I get budgetary reasons why but i think for my mind what i wanted to see is i'm like who are the gods that are standing next to these people and why did they pick the person that is their avatar what what about these people um attracted the gods to them and i just wanted to see that did you not did your mind not go to be like damn like i want to know what yatsul Yatso's god looks like. What does the goddess of music and love look like? Because like it seemed like Kanchu was tapping yeah, that. I back didn't in the really day. need like, to know what that what the god looked like. Like Yatsu I want to know what the gods look like. Yeah, Yatso was enough for me, baby. Okay, the <laughs> goddess of music and love. All right, she was enough for me. She she like. By the way, I picked up some vibes. I picked up some vibes between her and Kanchu. That like Kanchu was tapping that acid back in the day. Jesus Christ! What, what is this Death Row Records, nigga? What the fuck is, is this? Like, what, like you talk? What are you talking, Charles? What are you talking like? Tapping that ass? Is, is it ninety six? You were like, what are you like? <laughs> we have moved on past that. We we've moved on past these types of colloquialisms, Charles. I don't know why you would say. What's wrong? Like that. Asses need to be tapped. It's fine. Yes, whatever. So, um, the Conchu was put on trial before everyone. Harold comes out. Harold makes a fucking fool of Conchu. All right, can we? We have to talk like, about this scene. Yeah, like, we what need. The fuck? Yeah, this was the worst. Like, I'm just like, did you have Conchu? Did you have no plan for the court scene? Like, he's yelling like an angry black man. Like, he yeah. just like, Rah! and I'm just like, that part fuck? sucked. I'm not gonna lie. The part where, the part where, uh, I, like, uh, Mark has to become Conchu and speak. They kept doing that. That part sucked, man. I didn't like that, bro. That was a little disjointed for me. That was a little bit off-putting for me with him him screaming. I just conscious. don't know why he was yelling because we 
when Kanchu will talk to Mark sometimes, sometimes he'll just talk in a normal register of voice. So him yelling through Oscar Isaacs while the other gods are just talking normally just kind of threw me off. And that's another thing when I was talking about, I think that scene would have worked if you actually see Kanchu next to Mark being himself uh, because it's just, it's a little wonky. And I think mm-hmm. the scene was wonky to me as well because I'm like, Contra doesn't have any strategy on how to win this kind of battle. He's telling Mark that the gods don't like me. They banished me. So why would he walk in there thinking being really, really angry, really, really pissed off is going to win them over to his side? I think it was important in that scene to actually learn something about Kanchu that Kanchu was probably the most flawed out of all of these gods. And being that he's so flawed, that means that even though Kanchu is essentially tantamount to our protagonist, this is going to be a tough battle because there's a lot of things up against him, not just whatever nefarious thing Harrow is put, c- cooking up, but also the fact, think of it like Qui-Gon Jinn. Like, Qui-Gon Jinn, like, he, it, he wasn't just, it should have been an easy road for Qui-Gon Jinn to do the shit that he was doing, but the problem was that he had a fucked up relationship with the Jedi Council, who anyone should have a fucked up relationship with him. Because Jedi are all fucked up. But he had a fucked up relationship with the Jedi Council. He was a rebel. He was a loner. And anyone else that would have found this kid wouldn't have trained him in the first place because he was past what he needed to be trained, right? He was like, there was something dangerous about it. But it had to have been Qui-Gon Jinn to give depth and shape to our story because there's conflict in that character. Khonshu is almost like the Qui-Gon of the 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 council of the gods he's the one that does whatever he thinks he needs to do without them he's the one that they're always hard coming down on not quite the same way that because jen was still a very respected jedi and it seems like conscious a little bit more of an outcast but i mean it it kind of lets us know that he's not just up against harrow he's up against his perception amongst his peers if you take that one step further too conscious tells them you've forsaken you know humanity and that's exactly what Qui-Gon was trying to say, is that the Jedi Council was so inept that they had distanced themselves from the galaxy. People didn't respect them anymore. They almost feared them because they weren't of the people. And it seems like as angry and you know, off-putting as Kanchu is, he might be the only god who still wants to protect humanity, while the other gods are like, humanity's forsaken us. They don't give a fuck about the gods. We're just here to witness whatever happens to them fucking happens mm. I, I think Kanshu's like whole thing is I mean and we mentioned this he is the outcast right so when you get put back in that box with all your old partners that don't really rock with you no more you go, you're gonna be off kilt a little bit and so when he seen it he saw the homies he was he was mad he was getting his you know he, he was not like his emotions were not held in check so I think it was I think it made sense why he was like super mad and super da da da. But in that whole scene and I watched uh I watched six seasons of how to get how to get away with murder, right? Fayello Davis, great actress, fantastic. It's courtroom drama, a lot of things happen. I think this scene in Moon Knight was the worst courtroom scene I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> my man Harrow was out there just like Talking real sweet, and the gods were like, "Yeah, man, I hear you. You make sense." Even though, like, all Mark had to do was like, "Go, go look where he's at right now." 
and go like he's literally digging at her gravesite right now if we just follow him back. But I think, and we see this at the end of the episode, when Harrow goes back to the tomb, he's talking to oh boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So maybe they got a little thing on the side. That's why he got off so easy. You know, because it's it would have been real easy to prosecute. I don't know. It's just like I, I just, just a really bad, really bad prosecutor. But this is how they do, you know, the two white dudes. Are trying to make my man Oscar Isaac and and Conchu our black king look crazy out here. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to make him look crazy when he's trying to save the world. You hate to fucking see it. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Um, so we get a big Moon Knight action set piece at this in this particular episode. Later on in this episode, we get a big Moon Knight action set piece. Uh what can Moon Knight do? <laughs> like what, like what, what are what are exactly Moon Knight's powers? There's a couple, there's one point where he seems to teleport where he seems to magically jump from being held at gunpoint to being okay on we're the not, roof of we're the not. pyramid that's fine that's okay batman does that all the time and nobody complains so let's relax all batman right. does well, what all ninja, the time so batman is one place and then another place instantly let's I mean, calm down but batman like how wasn't like though? held at gunpoint like dude was held yeah. at gunpoint and was just gone yeah hmm. that's yeah. fine I mean, I think his powers yeah, are simple. Simple. It's whatever the plot dictates. It's whatever the plot needs. I, mm. I mean, at this point, I will say that Kanchu does say that it's like a healing suit. So I get what they're trying to say is that, like, if Mark is wearing this suit, it seems like it gives him healing abilities and it makes him impervious to a certain amount of damage. Mm. But we are three episodes in, and I'm still kind of like I don't actually know what the suit is capable of, if it's completely magic, like how much of it is magic, how much of it is Mark's skill as a mercenary. Like, because it's, we see if you just give the suit to Steven, it does not have the same capabilities. So I'm still kind of waiting on like, what does this suit actually do? Hmm. Uh, yeah, he also gets impaled a bunch of different times. Um, and it doesn't seem to bother him. But I guess the suit is taking care of that. Uh, and, and helping them. So it, I don't think we're gonna get. Um, and and herein lies maybe a point for Charles about the fact that we're not getting as much Moon Knight. I don't think that we are. So I don't think that the suit itself. I don't think that we're getting enough Moon Knight fighting stuff for us to really get a concrete definition on what the suit can and cannot do. And so because of that. When we do get Moon Knight fighting, we're sort of uninitiated to like w- what the suit can do. But I think as we get more Moon Knight fighting, which I have to imagine there'll be more throughout the rest of the season, they're probably going to give us a whole five and six chalked full of Moon Knight madness. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, being that that's being that that's going to come, I think we're going to have a better understanding of what it actually can do. Can I also ask you the last thing on his powers? I think the power scaling is also a little bit off because we see him in the first two episodes fighting this very, very strong spiritual like jackal. Mm -hmm. Um, And in this, 
he's having a lot of issues with a couple of goons with spears. Uh, and I'm just kind of like, what? this seems Tra- like it should be light work for you. Charles, he got impaled like a couple times. He has That's- a magic suit that deflects bullets and can like f- unlimited little moon orangs or whatever Charles, you want to call them. Like, got, I just he- want to know what his power scaling is. Like, I would have, I would imagine that jackal that he fought in the first episode or two would have killed these motherfuckers like very, very easily. Like, very, yeah, very one, easily. one jackal, right? Against like six dudes with spears. You know what I'm saying? One guy hits you, he got stuck. Another guy's like, oh, easy target, boom. Another guy gets you in the hand. The fact that he, you know, didn't die. I think is a pretty all right. So he can't die know. when five, he's in the suit. We, we all saw. The I don't man. know, man. Five or six goons. Like my man Robert Patty was just like, bah, 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 bah. like not no with problem. spears, man. They had spears. They had spears. They had knives. What are you talking about? They're not knives for Batman. They had big knives, but no it's different. It's different. Um, I mean, look, I it it obviously the suit the the obviously the suit puts him in a position to where he is incredibly capable and formidable. We've seen we saw that. Uh, shit got gully for those guys over there uh, when the suit was put on. and But still, though, it is sort of, we don't really know what the suit is capable of. We don't really know. We're not I've, we're not sure yet. It's, you, 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 you disagree, Joe. Well, I think you can, you know, I think you want, like, an explanation or something, like, the show to uh, to tell you, but I think it's, it's showing you. Like, for example, like, part of the reason why Mark, it, like, doesn't want to go to Layla, right, Kanshu's like, I've she's you know a great option. So Kanshu picks his avatars based on their like skill set, right? So we know Mark is very capable. Like the suit doesn't like make you like a cool fighter or whatever. Like you have to be that when you get the suit. Really, all it does is give you, like he said, a magical healing, right? right? So you can't really die. No, but it gives you you super strength. We know that. Yeah, because because in the first episode when Steve when Steve's in uh, the Mister Knight suit and he grabs a bumper, ah, it, 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 it crushes the up. bumper. Crushes the bumper. You know what I'm saying? So we know it gives you super. And that's my thing: the fact that we forgot about that shows they haven't demonstrated it, it enough for that to stick in your mind because it happens so quickly. You're just like, oh shit, this does give you super strength. I think it's definitely show not tell. They're not they're not gonna like break it. It's not like a there's no Alfred in the back end to be like, all right, well. Oh, Batman, your suit has, you know, now this. They're just going to continue to show us what the, sh- what well, the suit does. I'll, I'll also say, though, uh, uh, Batman's, Batman doesn't always... I mean, sometimes Batman will go to Fox or he'll go to another tech person and they'll lay out sort of a new piece of tech, right? A new gadget yeah. or something. Um, or they'll just talk about what Batman wants to do and then we'll see it on screen. But most of the time... Like, for example, the beginning of The Dark Knight. <laughs> I was in a movie theater. Uh, the beginning of The Dark Knight, Batman has a hydraulic thing on his arm. And the hydraulic thing on his arm lets him cut into the side of a van. There were people who, that fucked them up. Because they thought that Bruce Wayne was so strong <laughs> <laughs> that he could take a knife and cut into the side of a van. They didn't get the fact, they missed the fact that he had like a, a hydraulic gadget on his arm to like cut into the side of the thing. But like in that little piece of narrative, they show you like what Batman suit can do. He has all types of different gadgets. So, 
you like the bat pod. The bat pod pops out. You 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 see it. You see that the that the it's from made from the the wheels from the front of the tumbler. Like you see what he can do. Or in the other Batman movie, when the fire comes over and he presses this button, and when he presses the button, the flame retardant thing comes over the top. You see it very explicitly. And I could argue, to Charles's point, that we're not explicitly seeing like demonstrations of what Moon Knight's suit can actually do. We're we're I guess we're kind of seeing them. Um and it's a and because we're in the middle of magic and technology, it always doesn't seem so straightforward, you know? You think that's true, Jomi, or I'm bullshit? Quarter flip. I think you got a great point. I don't. I mean, I don't think it's. I, I wouldn't say quarter flip. But I think it's like a concrete, like you know, question I have. But like I said, like it doesn't ruin the moment or anything because when he jumps off that uh, that little pyramid, glass pyramid thing, his cape is in a crescent, and like that's all I yeah. needed to see. That's pretty cool. Was, so. That was that uh, was nuts. I don't care what the suit does; it looks cool as hell. So I'd like Sign that was up. Charles. What's Charles? What do you think about the crescent jump? The crescent jump was nuts. I mean, we saw the crescent jump. This is the second time I'm seeing it. Charles? What? It's the second time I'm seeing it. I saw it in another episode. It's cool. It's fine. It's a crescent. Cool. Looks cool. Mm. Looks cool as hell. Mm. You can only see something for the first time one time. So I'm sorry, guys. I love it. Nuts. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Charles, you just got to... What did you ask? You told me earlier, you're like, Charles, don't lie. I just, I didn't lie. I saw it in another episode of school. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Um, now, Harold and Conchu. Oh, excuse me. Before we get to that, Conchu is gone. Out of here. Conchu is gone. They like, put him in the, the pen. They put Conchu... They, man... Kanshu was a victim of mass incarceration. Shit. They are uh, uh, like at the end of the show. I'm Kanshu, locked up. They won't let me out. I'm locked up. They won't let me out. Yeah, no. oh, they won't let me out. <laughs> Tell it, turn it on. See now. Going fast. Now. I can't wait my days. Johnny, you, you, you don't know nothing about no Akon? No, 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 no. I know about Akon, but here's the thing, right? Convict music. I'm Convict outside. Music. Convict music. Check this out, though, right? This is a great... See, let me give fans a little peek behind the curtain. That was a really funny part, right? Like, I really enjoyed that. That's going to make a lot of people laugh, right? Let's put that on video. Let's put that on TikTok or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Do we really want to see two black men singing about getting locked up online? That's what I, I mean, I don't know why. Here's the thing. They can lock up your body, but they can't lock up your mind. That's <laughs> right? what I'm saying. <laughs> you got to let your mind, you, gotta, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got to let your mind grow. You got to let your uh, mind grow. Think about it. People are people, not here. People are people, people like, yo, man, I was in solitary for four years. Like, damn. You was in there by yourself? Nah, I wasn't in there by myself. I had no. Mark Twain. I had Nietzsche. No. I had. <laughs> I had Dostoevsky. I had I had Tony Morrison. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I had all kinds. Zora Neale Hurst. Zora Neale yeah. Hurst. You know, Zora Neale Hurst. And I had all of these people. I mean, August Wilson. All of these people. They was my cellmates when I was in there. <laughs> the great Malcolm X. I had yeah. them. You know, I had uh, fucking. They all read Atlas Shrugs when they be locked up for too long. Just read Ayn Rand. Oh God. So you know what I'm saying? I had I had I had some people. It wasn't by myself, man. You know what I'm saying? It's me. Christ. Kanchu <laughs> in there like doing push-ups. Kanchu's gonna come out swole. Oh, he's gonna <laughs> be he gonna be big as hell. You're locked up ass, bro. They they see. You know what? 
Here's the thing. That's how we know that Khonshu is black. See, the rest of them, there are all of these white avatars, and Khonshu kind of picked a white avatar too, Wait, can, you know, Lil Sammy Can I Sosa. ask a quick question? But they take this man, they put him in jail, and now, you know, he he get banished away from the rest of the gods. What think, you got? Do you think Yatsol is, is putting money on his books? You think, you know, he's eating that top ramen? He's eating good? Yeah, probably so. She said, you know, look, I got to tell you guys something about putting money on people's books. Like, if you have anybody that gets locked down, I'm serious. If you have anybody that, that gets locked down, just $30 a month, $30 a month, that it changes lives when they're inside. Niggas come out ready to kill for you. You know what I'm saying? It's like they, they, they hit the street. They're like, yo, Van, what you need? What you need? I'm like, nothing, bro. That's the cable guy. You know what I'm saying? Why don't you work? Yeah, n- I'll never forget. I had more Lay's potato chips than any Jeez. nigga on cell block G Jeez. in Camp E. I had more of that because of you, nigga. You need me to kill him? I'll kill him. Nah, bro. Relax. I don't need you to kill nobody. This nigga trying to hook up premium cable. I'm glad hey. you enjoyed the Lay's. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. You still got cable in your house, man? Nah, that was back in the day, nigga. I don't know niggas in jail now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the past. What you talking about? He Hollywood now. He good. Like I said, that's like that's the past, bro. Like he's like, we got lawyers. We good now, Charles. I can I can help you out. Plus, at this point, I'm at the point in my life where I was like, you made a choice. So I don't know what to tell you. Let's get back to moving. No, but Van makes a good point in that whole thing because uh Yatsu. At the end of the court scene, pulls aside, pulls aside Mark and is like, hey, listen, you know, me, me and uh, the homeboy Kong should go way back. Here's how else you can find the the dig site. Right. And so we know that she has she has a soft spot, you know, whatever it is, romantic, friendship, whatever. She has a soft spot for Mark and Kanshu. So maybe she's helped trying to maybe she might help him get out of the of the of the jail cell in the later episodes. We don't know. But. That's that is a possibility because they do go back. You know, mm. she was a part of the team. Hold you down. That's what you need to find. Nice woman. Oh. Hold you down. That's what hold you down. Um. So here's the deal. Uh, Conchu shifts the night sky so Layla and Mark can get the right constellation to match the star chart. We saw that. Conchu's gone now in prison. They, yes, because they, they, they told prison. him if you fuck with the the sky again. You're done. You're done. You're done. Imagine You're done. living in Egypt at that time and like seeing not only a solar eclipse, but also like the sky turn into like basically like I a always wonder about it. Like no, a like he, a planetarium. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell I you. I always why. wonder about it. Like, I always wonder about people that just live in this world where shit like this happens and they're just like, oh, okay, well, this they don't care. Sky. This, a, a, fucking, a fucking celestial came out of the goddamn ground. Half the population got snapped. Like, they like, dog, it's just another Tuesday. <laughs> they like, uh, literally, I do think like people in the MCU, like, after some shit happens, they pat themselves down, like, I'm okay, I'm not disintegrating. All right, bet. And they just go back to work. Wait, can what? I ask you a real quick question? What? If your job, if you're like, if your job, let's say the ringer, like, let's say you get snapped, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And then you come back. If they make you come to the office, are you going to be like, dog, come on. What are we doing out here? Like, fuck that. It, it, like, no, it's World War Three out there. I'm not doing that shit. Are so, you going back to work? If I, if I get snapped? Yeah. Like, let's say like you get snapped, you come back, like you get caught in like a battle between the Eternals. You going back to work and you're like, dog, I'm going to take three weeks off. It's cool. 
like mm. I mean I'll do whatever I want look if I was in the Marvel world <laughs> like, like <laughs> if I was in the Marvel world I'd be a much different person cause like I'd be my anxiety would be up so much I'd be like screw it you know what I mean like I, like I would like I probably would be criminally insane if I was in this world with superheroes and stuff like that I couldn't just how you just go to work how, like seriously bro you ever thought about this how you just go to work and then come home no idea I mean, fucking I'm, Doctor I'm Strange. Honest. How do you just go to work? You can't. I'm not going to work. It's a guy in a Panther costume <laughs> that could do flips off the Eiffel Tower. Like I'm not, I'm not working. Like it, it, it could all go to shit in an instant. You know what I'm saying? Every single, di- every week, somebody different is trying to take over the world. We thought we knew Wanda. Turns out maybe we didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like imagine I mean, you was imagine you was in well, what's the city in WandaVision called? Westview. 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 I'm not like. Imagine Never working doing again. anything after that shit. Like, hell no. You know no. who's going to pay for my shit? Wanda. <laughs> like, like, like if, that, if I was in Westview, Wanda is paying for my shit. I'm a, if not, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to make sure bad, pl- bad press. Whatever. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, if show. I'm in the that, MCU, I'm going, yeah. like, I'm just following Tony Stark around when he gets into the Iron Man suit. I'm going to just wait for, like, debris to hit me, and I'm going to be like, I'm hey, suing you. A lawyer calling up. I'm like, yo, Murdoch and Nelson, I just got hit from a different by Tony Stark. I need an the, easy mail. No, they're not gonna help you. They in the pocket of big superhero. They're not gonna help you. You gonna because nah, you're gonna have to call your boss and be like, "Hey, listen, um, yeah, uh, Doctor Strange is found on my street, and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's looking like I'm about to get sent to another dimension. Think so about it. it, it I might always, not be in work for the next like two, three bro, weeks. Just let you know, it'll all, all work. Right. Van, why are you late? I'm not gonna lie, man. <laughs> Spider Man is fighting the Green Goblin, and. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, what you want me to walk into the battle? You yeah. think that I come to, you think that I give a fuck about data processing that much that I'm going to walk in the middle of a fight between Spider Man and the Green Goblin, get hit by a pumpkin bomb, then what? Then you down one. Got my face. Uh, <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so we all, this, that was, you know, that was the first time we met, we actually went off the rails. Good job, Karma. Like, we, we have, we've smashed this thing on the rails for the most of Yo, people. he's, he's a drill sergeant. Just holding it down, you feel me? Yeah. Can we talk about how, in that in that last scene, how we finally see Mark and Stephen like w- like work together. Work together. It's very important. So the the fact that they worked together right there, and that more so to the point that Mark actually relented uh, to Steve. That that Mark realized the value. Boom, that Steve had because it seems like at this point Mark Spe- Mark Spector is a. Uh, a slave of focus, meaning he only sees mission accomplishment and what he has to protect or what he has to destroy. So in that situation, realizing uh, that those two things met, the the need to accomplish a goal and the fact that he couldn't do it, very important for the character. Wait, I also want to bring up really, really quick is that when when Mark and Layla are going to the party to, to see the sarcophagus, Layla asks, like, why didn't you tell me? And Mark's like, I thought I had it under control. And it makes it, he kind of makes it seem like this is something that he's been dealing with for longer than just when he got the suit. So my question is, is that like, how long has he had DID? Because it seems like Steven is so smart that it it's not something that he's been dealing with for like a year. This seems like a lifelong thing because Steven is, might as well just be a professor of Egyptology. Like He knows a lot of stuff. Yeah. So it seems like a lifelong thing he's been battling with that went away for a while. Well, also, you might have a situation to where 
everything that Mark is going through, he's splitting his expertise amongst his personalities. You know what mm. I mean? So some of this stuff might be something that they all, that they, that Mark, I'm not sure, guys, I'm not sure the, uh, um, the appropriate way to discuss this. So a little latitude, a little grace here. So as one entity, Mark, Stephen, and whatever, uh, Jake Lockley, if he's inside there, uh, this might have been expertise that they have all gained together, but it might be fragmented amongst the personalities. Different personalities might have learned different things or had different uh, goals and whatever, I will whatever. Say, mm-hmm. this, is not, this is not how DID works. So what Van is saying is like latitude because like they are playing with the Hollywood version of it, I think, which we've mm-hmm. seen in other movies, which is like, you know, United States of Terra, the personalities have different skills. Split. Yeah. They're split where it's like, yeah, uh, that's not how DID works. We know that. This is a TV show. We are trying to be very careful. <laughs> right. Okay. So the episode close. Oh, real quick. Without without Conchu, uh, Mark doesn't have any powers. Yeah. Mm. Stuff. How you long does? You think, how long? How long? Who? What? Who does? You know, what he does have what? He's got. He's got Layla. Oh, that's true. You see how she was looking at him? She was. Hey, let me tell you something. Layla and Steven got something going on. Is that cheating? Mm. I, I, that's the question, isn't it? Is that cheating? Mm. That's so the question, So if you're married to one, but this, there is a difference. That's some guy. Is that cheating? I don't know. I'm not sure. All right. Uh, episode closes with Harold getting some things off of his chest while speaking directly to Kanchu, trapped in a stone figure. Admitting he is somewhat grateful for his experience with Kanchu. He's telling the hill. That was the line. What did he say? He said... I'm happy to be broken down for you because my healing or whatever, whatever the line, do anybody has the exact line? That was a bar. I can't remember it though. Um, is there anything to take away from this? Uh, like, I am, Harold is to me the most compelling, uh, the most compelling character in the whole series. Um, it's difficult to peg him though. It's difficult to kind of like get him down pat. What do you guys think? I think Harrow, my issue with his story right now is there's just so much to know about him. We're, like, they're just kind of slowly peeling back what actually happened with him and Kanchu. Um, We see how ruthless Kanchu is with Mark, and it seems like he might have been even more so with Harrow. Um, and it seems like at one point, it seems like Kanchu, his whole, his whole thing was tracking down Ahmed. So what happened in Harrow's life where he was just like, no, fuck this. I'm going to Ahmet. Is he, is Harrow acting under his own volition or is Ahmet controlling him? I don't know. Well, I think he, he mentions it where Khonshu does his judgment after the fact, right? Yeah. So you have to be guilty to, you know, serve, to be served by the wrath of Khonshu. Whereas Ahmet, Early on, like if you're a baby and he's like, you know, they talked about in episode two killing babies, right? And so maybe Kanshu wasn't grimy enough for him. Kanshu, you know, didn't get the job done like he wanted him to. And I met mm. just will do it from the jump. I don't know the specifics of his backstory, but maybe there was an event in his life that could have been prevented, but wasn't. And so now he's looking at it like, hey, I gotta now. You're not doing enough for me, Conchu. This all this stuff after the fact ain't it. We need mm. to stop this problem before it happens. Like Project Insight, you know, basically. Mm. You Project know? Insight needs insight. Mm. Exactly. All right. Uh, that is enough 
for Moon Knight episode three. I liked it. Jomi liked it. Spidey liked it. Charles was cool on it. It's okay. What's going on? It's fun stuff. All right, Jomi. What's up? What are we talking about? What are we, what are we doing? Hey, whatever. You got to tell us what happened at the, on the date, bro. Jomi, come on. You you got to tell. The listeners are on the edge of their seat right now. Jomi, you got to oh, tell man. us what happened, bro. Yeah, they've, they've been wanting to talk about it. So um, here's what I will say. Um, First of all, was it a date? I don't think so. Again, like I said last week, I didn't think it was a date. I think we had a great time. First of all, we saw everything everywhere all at once. And we should, honestly, guys, you guys should make time to see that movie and we should talk about it for like 20, 25 minutes. It's an amazing movie. Like, it is special. Special. Okay. Okay, I'll y'all check gotta, it out. Is it streaming it. or I got to go to the movies? You got to go to the movies. You have to okay. see it in the movies, by the way. You have okay. to see it in the theater. Like, it's, whoo, it, like, had a blast. We shared some fries. You know what I'm saying? It was cool. We had a good time. You know, we talked. We texted afterwards. You know, we texted over the week. So, yeah, we're, it's cool. Like, you know, it, I don't think, like, again, I don't think it was a date, but, like, it's cool. She's got, you know, she's really funny. She got great energy. So, like, I'm really, you know, excited to, like, you know, be your friend you know, in the future. Here's the thing, though, and I will say this. I did actually go on a real date oh, on shit. Friday. Damn. Oh, shit. Damn. Oh, shit. What happened, Jomster? Oh, shit. Jomi, I know what you did. You slick motherfucker. You pulled the old switcheroo on us. Now, hold on. Hold mm-hmm. on. I'm going to get into the story. Kerm, can you initiate Deep Shadow Protocol? Hello, Ringiverse fans. I regret to inform you that due to the initiation of Deep Shadow Protocol, this bit had to be edited out of the pod. I know, I'm just as disappointed as you are. Thanks as always for listening, and the Midnight Boys, pew pew, we'll get back to you shortly. Whoa! What? What that the night? fuck, Jomi? Jomi. 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 Man. <laughs> My man. Playing with Jomi. fire. <laughs> Playing with fire. Wow. Uh, Jomi. Jomi, you shit. saw that hot stove and you was like, I'm not afraid of shit. I'll touch that shit right now. Right. God damn, Jomi. Yeah. All right, we got to yeah. go, guys. We got to go. That is, uh, that is a wrap. That was a fantastic story by Jomi. Uh, Deep Shadow will be used again in the near future. I can tell it's an amazing invention. Um, this coming Friday, the House of R will return with their deep dive into the third episode of Moon Knight. The Midnight Boys will be giving you instant reactions to every episode of Moon Knight. Uh, we're coming back. Uh, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be amazing. And we got more stuff coming up. You guys have been very, very uh, communicative about what you think we should be covering. And we're looking at that. And we're going to make an agenda based upon it. The producer credits. Our producer, who did a fantastic job today, is Jonathan Kerman. Jomi. Hashtag free Jomi. Hashtag good luck Jomi. Hashtag be careful Jomi. Be careful <laughs> Jomi. You playing with fire. You Hashtag with fire. Be careful Jomi. All right. Uh, on social media, an additional production from Steve Almondjoy and of course uh, Arjuna Ramkapal, our intrepid producer. Uh, Charles, take us out. Moon Knight episode three is a wrap. I swear, guys, that is it. But when it comes to dating, my man Jomi is on his shit.
You know, I had a weird dream last night, guys. I had a weird dream last night. Speaking of web shooters, I had a weird... Uh, this is a true story. I'm not bullshitting you guys. Kerm, you know, I don't need you looking like that, dog. I haven't even told the shit yet. <laughs> the saltiness coming off God Kerm. God damn, Kerm. Oh, man, where's Steve at, man? Nothing, yo. I can't Kerm, control my face. This, here's the thing about the cuddly Christmas bear. He has this inviting face that whenever it's time, he sits there like it's time. Let's let's make magic. And Kerm, you very judgmental, bro. You're too young for all that hate. I, I did not say a word. I was not judging at all. So last night I had a dream that I had web shooters, but I kept falling. So I didn't know how to use them. So I would use the web shooter, but I would shoot weak webs. Hmm. And, and like I would shoot weak webs. And it wasn't until I talked to Kalika, she was like, no, you have to press down harder if you want to actually swing. She was like, you're hitting the web shooter and you're shooting out between, uh, you know, when he shoots the web glob and the actual, the web, she's like, you got to hold it a little bit longer. This has something to do with sex. I can't figure <laughs> out what it is. I can't, like, I, the fact that she came into the dream and told me that, this has something to do, I'm going to talk to her and, you know, be like, baby, is there anything you need to tell me? You know, like, it is this has something to do, I can't figure out what it is. But like, I, I woke up tripping, I'm like, yo, man, the fuck i'm not i'm not i'm not holding the web long enough let's tell you see what happened is right. see what's wrong is you know you don't have the spidey sense so Ooh, you know you know what it's I'm true. It's when true. did this when did this turn into a relationship no <laughs> it's later on we're going to joe we're going to see what Jomi web shooter up to oh uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the verse contains adult content <laughs> later on later on we're going to we're going we to talk about it. um okay uh ooh this episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 